This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Telling you, the Buffalo Bills are dancing with the devil right now. It is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, on Sirius XM Channel 80. On your smart speaker, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Chris Carlin. He is Joseph Fortenbaugh on this football Friday. Good morning, Joseph. How are you? I'm great. It's Friday. It is what we call Nevada Day here in Nevada, which means everyone gets the day off to celebrate the state. Don't ask me to try to explain it. This is my second time living here. I've lived here for six years. I'm I'm from Pennsylvania. I don't remember a Pennsylvania Day. I lived in no. California and Florida. I don't remember a California Day or a Florida Day. But sure enough, we have Nevada Day here. So the kids are off. They're trying to convince me to take them to a movie later that they are not age appropriate for. I got problems, <laughs> but I also got joys. Uh, How's Texas? You're th- they, oh, forget about me. You're getting set for the World Series. I am in uh, in Big D in Dallas, so to speak. And I'm getting ready for game one of the World Series tonight. I, I have to tell you, like, I, I thought that I... I'm I'm having trouble, and this is something that maybe we'll go to the therapy session later for. All right. I need to enjoy this, Joe. I need to enjoy this. Yes. And I'm not there yet. It's not that I'm not. I, I'm, I'm just nervous. I'm like, okay, should I go? Should I not go? Decision-making process later in life, not easy. Not easy. And I'm here, and I need to embrace that. I I'm going to help you with it. I'm going to help you with it. I'm going to give you a little tip. Do you want the tip? It's a Joe yes. Fortenball special. Go. All right. Here's what I've done to put my life in perspective. It sounds a little morbid, but just hear me out. I have a giant whiteboard in my studio slash office here. There are a variety of notes and things that are on it, but in the top right corner, in big red numbers, there's a a, a four-digit number, okay? That number signifies how many days from today until I turn 70 years old. And every day I walk up there and I erase it and I adjust it. And I just look at it for a moment to think, that's another one gone. Let's make sure we appreciate life. Give yourself what I like to call the death counter. Put it up visually. Give yourself the death counter. You will appreciate this much more. You won't be as nervous. You won't be sweating the fact that your team's in the series. You'll just embrace the fact that you're in the series and you got an opportunity to see it live. But but that's the thing. It's not even that it's nerves about the series. No, 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 no. Let me stop you right there. Yeah. All you need to do is say, thank you. That's extremely profound. I don't need to oh, hear it anything else. It is extremely profound. And thank you. Thank Here's you. the problem. I mean, I think if we're going 70 at this point, are we being a little generous with that counter on my end? Okay, I mean, so you know, <laughs> that's where it gets a little dicey. I understand. I didn't want to aim. Some people tell me they aim for 100 and all that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And I don't want to aim for like. 58 because then it's like oh man you're really selling yourself short i pick 70 and i think to myself i'll be very fortunate to get there if everything breaks that way i'll be very lucky i also have some uh some etiquette some protocol questions for you in regards to my trip last night and and sitting next to uh, a very famous uh sports anchor formerly of this network Mm. uh, my trip to dallas and what my actual protocol should be in a particular instance. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, and I know you couldn't be more excited for that. Be a part yes. of Carlin versus Joe Nation. On the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Joseph, last night, the Buffalo Bills held on for dear life. And that should have never been the case against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bills are the most maddening team to watch 
They are a team to me that is so remarkably talented, yet I have absolutely zero faith in them being able to do the right things, make the right plays when it matters the most, and all of the history would indicate that I am right in that nervousness. Last night should have been a 34-10 blowout of the Tampa Bay Bucks. Instead, Bucks come in through the back door, they get the cover, that aside, really should have had an opportunity and an on-time down at the end because the Bills just couldn't do the right things in the right moments to seal that game away. Certainly one way to look at it. Certainly one way to look at it. Second half, had a couple possessions that started right around midfield. Couldn't do anything to put the game away on offense. Late in the game on defense, you needed to get some stops. You had some really bad turnover, uh, some really bad penalties. Then you give up the touchdown. Then they end up with the ball back. Von Miller jumps off sides to move him five yards closer. Baker Mayfield, not to knock his arm, he's a pro quarterback, but he doesn't have a Josh Allen-like arm. So those five yards matter in terms of where that ball landed in the end zone on the Hail Mary. So sloppy. Some sloppy decision-making from the head coach. You had the third and one, fourth and one on the goal line. You're lining up in shotgun. Like, again, it's like, it breaks my heart to see that, the stupidity of saying, hey, we need an inch. Here's what I want to do. I want to take that ball. And in order for us to get one inch, I want to start five yards back. How does that sound? And everyone's like, yeah, that sounds great. I would (laughs) want to take the ball backwards too. No one ever stops this argument for another day. I, I have to stop though, before I go too hard in on the bills, because we always have to remember something here. This is Thursday night football. Thursday night football is never pretty. Thursday night football is never well coached. It's never well executed. It is always a mess. It is a short turnaround. Guys aren't nearly as healthy as they could be if the game was on Sunday. You're not as prepared. For one team, you have a travel spot in there. Everything about these games is designed to be sloppy, messy, unappealing. You throw I, I, some officials in there who might get a little uh, a little too aggressive. We had 20 penalties that were called last night, 11 for the Bucks, 9 for the Bills that were enforced, 20 penalties. You're going to get a sloppy game. So I try to look at it a little bit differently. Yeah, there are some mistakes that needed to be cleaned up, but coming off that embarrassing loss to the Patriots, the Bills found a way to get it done, and now they got 10 days to get ready for next week. You know, you are letting them off the hook here. And that's I know. I, I, I'm just. It's Thursday night. If this were Sunday, it'd be different. But a Thursday night game, I've come to know no. these games are no. a mess. No, I, I don't care. And here's why: mm, okay. they have found their way to messy games and losing bad games on games that weren't Thursday night. Losing Monday night at the beginning of the season to the New York Jets after they lost Aaron Rodgers three plays into the game. Losing to Jacksonville a couple of weeks ago. Well, they're overseas. Jacksonville was over there all week. How many times are we going to continue to make uh, all these excuses for the Bills? It's letting them off the hook. And when we look forward. And see what's coming. This is why they're not making the playoffs, Joe. They're five and three. They've got a road trip to Cincinnati coming up. You're telling me that this week the Bengals are going to go out to San Francisco and beat the 49ers. They've got the Jets again. They've got a road trip to Philly. They're going to Kansas City. They've got the Cowboys. They got the Patriots again, who they already lost to, and the Dolphins again. This is not going to end well for Buffalo. And I got to tell you something. It's not going to end well for Sean McDermott either because he is not exactly distinguishing himself here. We can see what a difference that Brian Dable made with Josh Allen, okay? Ken Dorsey does not know what he's doing. Play calling, abysmal at times. But when it comes to McDermott, 
if you're Buffalo management right now, how do you look at your head coach when you know we are not getting the best out of what we have and this window, this window is not wide open? So how exactly do you resolve that situation? All right, all right. Calm down. You're way too hot for an opening segment on a Friday when you're in Dallas getting ready for the World Series. You're too hot right now. Of course your death counter is not going to get you to 70 when you run this hot all the time. You got to take it easy. Relax a little bit. How about this? I, I got something for the big man. You have been upset that Josh Allen has not been running the football this season. He did last night. He listened to you last night. Yes. Seven carries, 41 yards, touchdown. You got to love that, right? Have you heard me mention Josh Allen as far as being a problem last night? You have not, Josh, no. Josh Allen wasn't the problem last night. Not just because of that. He looked a little bit more like himself. I, I look around... And we had the injuries that we had on that defense. This is why I don't trust them. Because overall, they don't feel to me like they're a great coached football team right now. They really don't. A lot falls between the cracks. A lot falls between the cracks. This is the problem. Like, you got to be detailed. You got to be detailed if you're going to be a championship team. And they are not a detail-oriented team. Uh, The other problem for me is is simply this. Can Can I just get to the end of the game for a second? Speaking of detail-oriented, right. yeah, we all have problems with pass interference calls, okay? And it's just not nearly consistent enough. I don't know that there is a perfect solution to this. I, I We've already tried all of the replays and such, and that didn't really work. It can't be an assumption on a Hail Mary that you're, you're just not going to call pass interference and it's a free-for-all. Because last night... That game should have ended on an untimed down with the Buccaneers at the one-yard line because the Bills basically walled off Cade Otten outside the goal line with two defenders, right? Walled him off, holding him up as if they had him pressed against the wall, and there's nothing. And that dude had a chance to catch that ball. He's taller than everybody else right there. Had an opportunity. I'm not saying he would have caught the ball, but I'm saying they took away any chance that he had, and that should. It feels to me like anytime we're going to have a hail mary play, automatically, no matter what happens, you're not getting a pass interference call, and that last night proved it to me. All right, all right. There's micro and there's macro here. Micro pertains to what happened last night. Macro is big picture on this situation you're laying out. The micro. It doesn't matter what happened last night. None of the receivers were even turned around looking for the ball. Chris Godwin, it landed right in front of him. I've never seen a Hail Mary where the ball just went straight to the ground with no one making contact. That's fair. None of the Buccaneers receivers were ready to catch that ball, so it didn't even matter last night. To the macro, the big picture version of this. Can't have it both ways. We can't always be complaining that the refs are determining these games and then try to give them more oversight on the final play of the game. Same thing in the NBA. If it's the final possession and you're going to drive to the rack for a game-winning or game-tying bucket, you're going to take a shot and there's not going to be a call. That's how it's going to go. We have said that's how we are going to police these rules. We do not want the refs getting involved. If you are upset with the way the Hail Mary works, Put yourself in a position where you don't need a Hail Mary to win the game. After all, it's called a Hail Mary. It's not called a two-point conversion. It's called a Hail Mary. It's a miracle shot to begin with. So I don't want the refs getting involved at the end of the game. If there's a little extra banging going on down there, 
So be it. Same thing happens in the NBA. We can't always complain that the officials have too much say in these games and then say we want them to call more flags at the end of the game. It would be a nightmare if they're throwing flags on these plays. That type of penalty is way too punitive at the end of the game. Some guy bumps a guy down in the end zone, they throw a flag. It's a 55-yard penalty with a chance to win the game. Hey, listen, it wasn't too punitive in the Super Bowl, for Pete's sake. And I thought that, I, listen, I'm with you. They should not have thrown that flag then. All I'm saying is, as you pointed out, they threw 20 flags last night. Just be consistent. Well, no, they threw more than 20. They, they enforced 20. Enforced 20. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, just be consistent. That's all. All right. Car- Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Yeah, now my face is all flush red. Yeah, let's 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 come on. You're in t- You started the segment talking about how you want to enjoy the fact that you're going to the World Series tonight. We got the big man way too hot too early. These are the ABCs of me, baby. This is all Carlin. <laughs> you get the whole package. Carlin versus Joe is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. There is no issue for one NBA team that has already put the league on notice. And it was impressive in many ways. We'll explain next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 8. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Feeds it out. Lillard, three-pointer for the lead. It's game time. 105-104. Damian Lillard puts the Bucks back ahead by one. Lillard, step back three on the way. Got it! Damian Lillard, welcome to the Cream City. I came in knowing what was expected of me, you know, when these type of situations came, and um, that's, that's what I'm here to do. 39. 39 out of the gate for Dame. That's pretty awesome. It's going to be fun to watch them this year. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. You know, for me... Yeah, as a Sixers uh, fan, that was great last night. Really enjoyed it. Sorry. Sorry. How about this? How about this? 
to put it in your terms from last segment, don't blow the game then. How about that? <laughs> you know, how about you don't put yourself in a situation to watch somebody go off for 39 and then 14 down the stretch to win the game? Because that's what Dame did. He was and awesome. I, I got to tell you, I loved what I heard after the game. I love, love, loved it. This is Dame talking about how it all went down, but more specifically, his place on the team. I came in knowing what was expected of me, you know, when these type of situations came. And um, I've been in enough of those situations where I know it's probably not going to always be me making a shot or taking a shot. But um, they're encouraging me to be the person to take control and make decisions and decide what's going to happen in those moments. And that's what I'm here to do. I absolutely love that. The end of that. They told me to be the guy down the stretch in these games to take over. Think about that for a second. You've got Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is a top two to three player in the league at worst, if not the best player in the league right now. And he has already won a championship. They have the other guys around him that he won a championship with for the, uh, for the most part outside of Drew Holiday. You add Dame Lillard to this. And Giannis tells Dame, what do you do? You close out games. And that's what you're going to do here. It's not about Giannis. It's not about anything else. It's about Giannis understanding what that team needs and how to best maximize Dame Lillard. And you know what? More than anything, Joe, just to ease him right in, man. Hey, you're the man. You're here. We want you here. And we want you doing this. The two best culture guys in the entire association, Giannis Antetokounmpo and Steph Curry. We've seen this before. Steph did this with Kevin Durant. Everybody was wondering, how is Kevin Durant going to fit with the Warriors when you already have a superstar in Steph Curry? Steph never got in his way. There was never a moment where Steph Curry even tried to intimate to Kevin Durant that it was his team and that Durant is there to play alongside Steph, not steal the show. Steph just wanted to win games. He understood that bringing Kevin Durant into town was going to help him win games. And if he had to defer to Kevin Durant, he was happy to defer. It was all about winning. It's all about the team. It's all about the franchise, the city, the culture. Steph Curry's never made it about him. Giannis doesn't make it about him. It's the same thing. Giannis is just Steph Curry a few years down the road. And I understand they play different positions and they're different sizes, but they're the same guy with their mindset, with their selflessness, with their dedication to team and city and franchise. That's what this is. You're not going to bring in Dame Lillard and say, okay, now that you're here and I got what I wanted, here's how you're going to play ball. No. Hey, Dame, you can help us. I think this is what you do best, right? I've been watching you for years. I played against you. All right, just keep doing that. Let me know how I can help. I'm a resource. Giannis will do him. Dame will do him. They'll understand how to make it work. What's scary, Carlin, is that game one of this relationship required them to figure it out late, and they immediately figured it out late. Like, there wasn't even a hesitation as to how they were going to close out that game, and they had success with it. Imagine what happens when these guys get to the postseason. I mean, there was a moment in the game last night where Dame had gone and— taken one particular move two, three times, and it was working. And they were talking about this on Get Up this morning, Jay Williams and Alan Hunt, uh, that he didn't just keep going to the well. No, 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 let me put that in my pocket and not give them a chance now to figure out how to stop it, and then I'll use it later when I need it. And what happened? He scored 14 points in the last four minutes. I, I tell you, I am so excited 
as and this is just a personal thing. I'm apologies to everybody on the West Coast. Apologies to you. I'm so excited that I don't have to stay up until two in the morning to watch Dame Lillard now. Because oh. no, it, it's more more than that. I'm going to see Dame Lillard on the appropriate stage more now. Because he's with Giannis, because he's in Milwaukee, because you are going to have to see him night in and night out in the NBA. And it's not just hidden in the Pacific Northwest anymore. And I know how much he loved it, but I think as far as the overall enjoyment of the league, we see in day one it has already gotten much better. I can assure you, you are in for a treat. Living in the Pacific time zone and having been in the Bay Area for six years, Dame Lillard is an absolute treat. It's kind of like the Warriors pre-Dynasty. Like the yeah. year before the Warriors won the dynasty, the couple years before that, they were an extremely fun team to watch. A lot of overbets. They'd score 125 a night. They might lose by giving up 128, but no one ever saw it. No one ever saw it because they were a nothing organization playing late at night. Same thing with Damon Portland. Now the Warriors went into a dynasty and people stay up to watch them or they focus on those East Coast and Central Time Zone matchups. Now with Dame coming over, everyone's going to get to see more of it. Dame time is a very real thing. He is an absolute treat to watch. And paired up with Giannis, we saw it firsthand last night. If they were able to hit the floor, hit the ground running in game one, I mean, that's what's utterly terrifying to me. Like the Celtics got a lot out of Porzingis in game one. They ended up beating the Knicks, maybe a little bit dicey there. The Mm -hmm. Bucs, though, even though the Sixers were in that game and Maxie had a good night and Bede had a good night and they were right there with them, the fact that these two found a way to make it work right out of the gate, that's got to send shivers down the spines of everyone around the league. Now, let me ask you something. What was the point total for Dame last night? Do you remember before the game? I do not. I would guess somewhere around 25, 25 and a half. Right. That would be my guess. So th- just think about that for a second. You now... And you can always believe in this to begin with. This has always been the case. But, like, you can watch this comfortably if you are betting on that with Dame and know that late in the game, if he's stuck on a number like 21, he can go off any second. He can go off any second, and you're going to hit that number. You're going to hit that number over. That's just me, a selfish little gambler right there who doesn't know what the hell he's doing. That's me. By the way, I take out of that. He was 17 of 17 from the free throw line last night. <laughs> like, that that feels a little excessive, to be honest. I, listen, that's 17 another, free throws. But, but think about that for a sec. That's probably another reason that Giannis says, hey, go ahead and take over late in games because you are a much better free throw shooter than I am. Exactly. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Limiting LeBron James minutes. And that might have lasted one night. That's next, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. LeBron with it. Top of the key. Fly into the rim. Lays it up. And in! 93-91 Lakers. Here is LeBron. 
LeBron driving down the middle to the rim. And in! LeBron's taking over the game! 95-91 Lakers! We can still play better, but we're also a team that's still trying to come together. We know we still got a lot of room for improvement. Today was a good step in the right direction, but we got to be better. All right, everybody calm down. Everybody just calm down. Carla versus Joe. ESPN Radio, why you need to chill in 30 seconds. Fall into a hiring spree with Indeed. Their end-to-end hiring solution makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates, sponsor a job, and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Joseph, last night LeBron James was on the floor for 35 minutes. And the world didn't stop. Somehow, <laughs> there has been there has been so much made of the LeBron minutes restrictions. And game one, we saw twenty nine minutes out of the gate. Joe, I am not going to get too worked up by LeBron playing thirty five minutes and all of the fourth quarter when the Lakers are trying to put themselves in a good position this season and not climbing uh, out of a hole like they were at the beginning of last year. They are, I don't want to say treating with more respect, but they are certainly prioritizing games more early in the season so that they don't start the year 2-10 and and you're constantly trying to fight your way back and you end up in the play-in. He was awesome last night. He's going to be 39 years old in December. We come into the season hearing about a minutes restriction. And this guy, if he even is showing any signs of age, it is minimal and insignificant in the grand scheme of what he can contribute on the court in a basketball game. He was awesome last night, Carlin. 21 points on 50% from the floor. Eight rebounds, nine assists, two steals, two blocks. Takes over in the fourth quarter. He's plus 22 on the floor. The Lakers outscored the Suns by 22 points while he was on the floor last night. Now, they won that game by five, which means when he wasn't on the floor, they were minus 17, which shows you that 29 minutes a night against good teams in the NBA isn't going to result in a good outcome for the Lakers this year. They needed him. They needed every bit of that last night. And he stepped up and he did it. And at some point, every now and again, we need to take a step back and just for a brief moment, appreciate it. Just appreciate the fact that he has found a way to continue to play at such a high level. I mean, he's going against Kevin Durant last night. Durant goes out, takes 28 shots, 39 points, 11 boards. He has a big night. But in the end, we get the duel we were hoping for. It's a close competitive game. LeBron ends up winning it. We can talk minutes restrictions. We can talk big picture stuff. We can talk about how D'Angelo Russell's got to go. Fourth quarter, they couldn't even... They couldn't even, they couldn't use him. They had to go to LeBron and they said, look, you got to be the primary ball handler here. We can't trust Russell. He can't do it. And by now we should know this. Russell's played for the Lakers, the T-Wolves, the Golden State Warriors, back to the Lakers. He's been all over the place and no one wants to commit because he's just not that guy. That might be a story for another conversation, but the reality is it was fun to watch that last night. He was fantastic, man. LeBron was awesome. Yeah, he's great to watch. He's still a terrific show. And I give them all the credit in the world for doing what they needed to do. Because I think back to last year, what were the narratives at the beginning of the year? Oh, with Lakers are toast. They're not going anywhere this year. All that stuff. And it was all justified with the kind of atrocious start that they had. But now, this is not 
let me go out there and play 42, 43 minutes to win a game here in early or in late October. This is, I'm going to go play 35. I'm going to save it for the fourth quarter when we need it to get the job done. And then there's AD, who goes for 30 and 12, because of course he goes for 30 and 12 when it's not Jokic, it's Yusef Nurkic. But LeBron not bothered by any of the AD criticism. Here he is after the game. We don't give a about criticism about AD. We don't care. Nothing bothers us. Nothing. We don't. AD doesn't care. I don't know if guys have figured that out. AD does not care. He's not on social media, so he doesn't see none of the crap. He rarely talks unless it's to us. So we don't. We don't give a about it. And he definitely doesn't. Just go out and do his job, and we happy to have AD. That's great. I, and I think it's awesome that he doesn't pay attention to social media because if he did, he would know what we all actually think. And what we all think is just the truth, that AD is not the superstar player that everybody makes him out to be, that he's entirely too inconsistent, and that's more about his play on the court. Nothing centered around the criticism. I mean, how much of that is on us? How much of that is on us for just brainwashing ourselves into thinking some, he's something he's not? He's showing us who he is. For some yeah. reason, we want to continue to criticize that, though. I mean, we, we watched him in college. He wins a national championship. He wins uh, most outstanding player of the Final Four. He goes number one overall. He's been to the All-Star game, I think it's eight times. He's done a lot in his career. He's got a championship. I know it's in the bubble. He's done a lot. For some reason, we expect more. We expect him to be the guy that LeBron's going to pass the torch to. We expect him to do this. We expect him to do that. He, at every single turn, has shown us he's not that guy. He continues to reiterate that to everyone. Like, I am not the guy that you all think I should be, and yet we continue to criticize him. Like, hey, man, you're not stepping up. Hey, man, you're not carrying the load when LeBron's down. Hey, man, you need to be the leader of this team. Hey, man, you need to do this. He doesn't need to do any of that. He doesn't need to. He shows us at every turn. I don't know why we get so mad at him when he continues to be the guy that he is and we just expect so much more. Why do we expect so much from him? But haven't we been conditioned to believe that? I mean, I'm not going to say it's not all of our fault. Of course, some of it's our fault. Some of it, yes. But aren't we conditioned to believe that? When LeBron goes out and wants to get Anthony Davis to the Lakers, aren't we conditioned to believe that Anthony Davis is going to be a huge huge player and his perfect number two and all of those things to win a championship and listen they can talk about the the championship all they want i hope ad has that bubble ring sitting right next to his aau championship from 2013 or two, whatever 2005 whatever because to me it means just about as much it's the one nba championship but i just don't take all that seriously all, all right easy easy yeah, but, but, but here's so my point After, but that's the i get worked up by it because those are the circumstances under which he could win a championship when you had three months off and there wasn't any travel involved and there wasn't i mean there was some adversity with dealing with the the mental part of being in the bubble but there wasn't real adversity that that comes with playing in in four straight series and trying to win a title that way. So it, for me, with AD at this point, yes, we are conditioned to think this in part because of what we build him in, to be. But I do think he has played a role in that too. I do think his disappointing play for everything that he is supposed to be in his career absolutely leads to that. There are only so many guys, though, that we can truly, truly look at as generational talents. 
Like we, we get spoiled at times with some of the things we see from Patrick Mahomes. And then we expect everybody when they're looking for a franchise quarterback to get that kind of production. Josh Allen's been sloppy with the football. That's not what Patrick Mahomes would do. I mean, well, if that's the measuring stick, yeah, no one's going to be able to do that. Jalen Hurts isn't going to be able to do it. Tua Tungavailoa, Justin Herbert, they can't do it. There's only one Mahomes. You know, you got LeBron, you got KD, you got Steph Curry. So if you're a shooter and you don't measure up to Steph Curry, you're coming up short. Well, he's generational. If you can't do what LeBron does night in and night out, well, you know, there's an issue there. AD's just not one of those guys. Like, again, so much of this is manufactured by us. He didn't put himself on the 75th all-anniversary team. We did. All right? He didn't put himself on those all-star teams. We did. We, the, 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 the team gave him the contract, according mm. to the CBA. Like, all he's doing is just going out, playing, and then the rest of this stuff happens. And we try to hold him into this lot. Like, you've got to be better than LeBron right now. I mean, he's just if he's just not that guy, yeah, there's going to be criticism on the off nights. Because when you get the big-time contract, and this is going to be big with Jalen Brown too, when you get those contracts, a certain level of criticism gets ratcheted up. Right? You're not a mid-level exception guy. Those guys don't find themselves being talked about in, in segments on national radio because we're not going to criticize them because we know who they are. He has fallen into a certain classification where the criticism is going to be increased. I just think for our own sake, we should understand that he's tried to tell us who he is and we try to keep putting him in this other category. He doesn't want to go there. He's not going to be that guy. Carlin versus Joe, presented by Progressive Insurance. Make sure you tune in for college football action tomorrow. Utah hosting Oregon, presented by Dr. Pepper. Coverage begins 3 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. And Joe, the secret to winning game days these days in this college football season, it's Eckrich smoked sausage. Mm. That's right. Visit Eckrich.com for dozens of simple, mouth-watering recipes to elevate your next tailgate. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, as we said. The NBA continues tonight. We got a little Wemby watch on the way. And, Joe, what has four thumbs in his first in first place in the ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge? Oh, that sounds like it might be us. Mm. We find out. Who the chumps are who are trying to catch us next on ESPN Radio. <laughs> this is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. There's a new superstar in the NBA. Wemby, the deep catch, the turn, and the flush. And all season, Carlin versus Joe have their eyes on Victor Wimbenyama. That was so, so special. This is Wimby Watch. Victor Wembenyama Day. <laughs> that was solid. That was solid. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Joseph, we got a little Wemby watch today. Little Wemby watch combined with a little pizza money. We're going to start Wemby watch with a pizza money bet. Now, I want to make something clear. First off, pizza money last night, we went three and two, up 0.8 units. So overall, the show is 53, 48, and one. We are up 0.02 units. So we're profitable, but barely by the skin of our you-know-what. Now, our bet tonight pertains to Victor Wembanyama. As you know, our show, Carlin and myself, we're not big on braggadocia, all right? We like to be humble, but find me someone in the world that can handicap a Victor Wembanyama situation better than us. 
because we told you to go over one and a half turnovers in his first game, and we cashed it. And we're going to do that again here. The bookmakers have adjusted it north. Wembenyama's turnover prop tonight is two and a half. The over is minus 105. We are going to bet that over. In his debut, he played just 23 minutes, but he had five turnovers. In the preseason, he averaged 2.8 turnovers per game in just 20 minutes of action. So he's hitting this mark regularly in fewer minutes. I expect him to play more minutes. We're going over two and a half turnovers, minus 105, Victor Wembenyama. It's a team, man. It's a team. One guy can't do it. It takes all of us. ESPN Radio's Pick'em Challenge. Well, Joseph, it's nice when you can have a bad week and still be in first place. And we didn't have a great week last week. One and two. And so we find ourselves at a paltry 15 and six through seven weeks of the year. 15 and six. That winning percentage, just doing the math in my head, is 97%. Okay, that, that number's a bit off. But Carlin versus Joe, hey, listen, there's one thing and one thing people need to know about us. We lead from the front. That's how we do our business. Now, we do have somebody knocking on the door, to their credit. And that is Quinn Myers. Q Myers, excuse me. Q and Game Night. At 15 and 6 on the season, tying us for first place at the moment. He's in Las Vegas as well. It is no surprise that the two shows with the Las Vegas influence are dominating a Pick'em standings chart. Then we have Freddie and Harry at 13 and 8. Respectable, for sure. Yes, very. And then we get to the rest. On Sportsman Like sitting at 11 and 10, a hair over 500. Good for you. With the juice, they are exactly even. Yep. Then we've got Amber and Ian. Sitting at 8 and 13. I, I think the word toiling would be appropriate here. Okay. okay. Toiling. <laughs> and then finally. All right. In the old caboose is our buddy Greeny. His failed strategy of doing the opposite of his instincts this year is once again resulting in the opposite of winning. So that's where the standings are at the moment. We are tied with Q Myers. For first place. We have three games. Let's roll. Hit it. Jaguars at Steelers. Jaguars, two and a half point favorites on the road. Very curious to get your take out of the gate on this. Jags, like this game, like this game a lot. This will be a pizza money we talk about later in the show, but for those who don't hear it, I'll let you know it now. Jacksonville has looked very, very good as of late. Four straight wins by an average of double digits. I believe they've won those four games by 11 points per game. They're getting better each week. They have 10 days to get ready for this game coming off a Thursday nighter, so they get healthy. Pittsburgh is this year's version of the Minnesota Vikings. They're 4-2 and two, and that looks good, but they're minus 24 point differential. I'm not buying it. I'll lay the two and a half with the Jags. I think it'll be three by kickoff. I agree. And if you followed Pittsburgh the last year or two, it would be well, well within expectation to expect them to lose this game because they're not a team that is going to, as you said earlier, lead from the front. That's not what they do. This is a let's fall to four and three type game. I am with you. Jaguars minus two and a half over Pittsburgh. Game two. Rams at Cowboys. So tightly done. Uh, how about the uh, Cowboys' six-point favorites over the Rams? Joseph, Tough one for me. 
Go ahead. This is, this is a, a tough one for me, too, and I have to tell you, I'm leaning Rams. I'm leaning Rams. And the reason I say this, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say I'm feeling strongly about it. I want to lay that out there before we get your take on this. I, this is a game to me that the Cowboys, if you are going to be a legitimate contender, you should be able to beat the Rams by 10 points. I, I think this is tight. I think the Rams are better than we give them credit for. I think you see that now more and more. And now they've kind of established Nakua and Cup together. You know, these two guys are two very dynamic receivers. They're not exactly guys that are, you know, going to blow the roof off the defense, but they're very, very good. Stafford's playing well, and I think the Rams' defense is better than we give it credit for. Bit of an issue here because I find myself leaning as well. Not as locked in as I am on the Jags. I'm leaning, but I'm leaning the other way to the Cowboys. Mike McCarthy throughout his career has been... It's hard to put McCarthy and brilliant in the same sentence, but he has been brilliant coming off the bye throughout his career. 11-5 straight up, 12-3-1 against the spread. Dallas off the bye, Dallas at home, the Rams coming halfway across the country to play this game. It's a good Rams team. They've played a lot of one-score games. They've been competitive. I'm not going to be pouty and moany if it turns out we end up going with the Rams here. I don't know if we defer to Evan and the handman here to see what they think. I can get behind the Rams. I'm not going to be upset with it. It's just for my analysis, I do lean Cowboys. Well, I'm, I always go with your mind over, well, my mind. So in that case, I say we go Cowboys here minus six. Okay, we can do that. Again, once again, Carlin can't lose game. We get it right, we win. We get it wrong, I bury you. Game three. <laughs> Browns at Seahawks. Browns, four-point underdogs in Seattle. Browns, four-point underdogs in Seattle. Joseph, you go first. This is a tough one for me, a really tough one, because I I was big on Seattle coming into the season. I've watched probably more Seattle football than most people have. Even when they win, it just doesn't look good. There are so many problems. Either Geno's screwing up in the red zone or the offense is cooking and the defense can't get a stop. They can't seem to get on the same page. I lean to the Browns because I'm getting more than a field goal and I'm getting an elite defense and you can run against the Seahawks. So I lean to the Browns. But if you are hell-bent on something here, again, I'm open to discussion. I'm not going to force this one on anybody. No bending of hell here. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I would uh, I would, I would, would lean toward the Browns as well. Because, Joe, whenever it comes down to a game like this where I look at a game and it's not a great feel and it's a tough environment, no question, but you have got an elite-level unit on either side, which is what the Browns have, that's where I'm going to go. I say we take the four points and the Cleveland Browns. You agree? Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so once again, the picks. Jaguars minus two and a half over Pittsburgh. Rams and Cowboys. Cowboys minus six in Dallas. And the Browns plus four in Seattle. Your Carlin versus Joe picks the leaders. That's right. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.